I'm going to share with you my top tips for traveling and staying fit. Before I get too far into this episode, I want to take a moment to remind you to leave a review, follow the podcast anywhere where you get your podcast. Follow me on social media. I'm on Instagram as Angela Lifestyle MD. Okay, so you may not know, but I just returned from Florida with my son, a couple of my besties and their children. We took our kiddos to Disney World. For all of them, it was their first time. And I have to admit, I was a little bit disappointed with their time at Disney, but we did have a good time in Florida. Nonetheless, we enjoyed some nice weather, got to visit Legoland and spend some time with friends and family. While we were there in Florida, it occurred to me that there is something definitely different about how I travel with my family. So normally when we travel, it is my husband, myself, and our children. This time it was just me and my youngest, who's five, two of my girlfriends and their children who range in age from 10 till 17. We all shared a beautiful five bedroom, four bathroom house while we were there. It was reasonably priced for a group of eight. And during our stay, I instinctually shared some of my tips and ways of traveling with uh, my girlfriends. And I also obviously navigated toward doing some of the things that I always do when we travel. So this episode, I'm going to share that information with you. All right, let's get into it. So my first tip is to stay in a rental home if possible. Now, rental houses, homes, they're going to vary in cost. It's going to depend on location. Some cities are going to be more amenable to this than others. It's also going to depend on the duration of your trip. I would say if you're going to be anywhere for more than three days, it's a good idea to rent a home through Airbnb or or VRBO, whoever you prefer. If you can't get a rental home, then you could also opt for a hotel suite that comes with a refrigerator, some basic amenities uh, to allow you to pair some food. So why does this matter? When you are traveling, you're naturally going to be eating out a lot. One of the things that most of us like to do, we like to try local restaurants, but we also don't want to eat all of our food while out while we are on vacation. Well, for a number of reasons. One, it's really expensive. Also, it's not good for you because you don't know what's in the food. You have no control over the calorie, the fat content, whatever that is that you are trying to keep track of. And more importantly, when you have food allergies like I do, it is hard to find restaurants that can appeal to everyone in your group while also keeping you safe. So that was definitely a big deal for our group traveling down there. More than half of our travelers had one or more. In some cases, one of our kiddos had like five or six different food allergies, making it very difficult to find places that we could all enjoy a well-balanced meal. So if those are not reason enough, it'll also 
also save you a little bit of time. So we went to Disney World. My son and I only went to two of the parks. We also went to Legoland and we ate breakfast at our house every morning. And I try to eat similar to how I eat at home. So I bought him some healthy waffles. I bought his favorite um, peanut butter kashi cereal. I got some oats, made myself overnight oats. I also bought some Ezekiel bread, um, English muffins and eggs. So these are some basic things you can buy just a little bit at a time. If you're going to be there for a whole week, you may not want to try to buy a week's worth of groceries because you also don't want to leave anything behind or waste food. So got enough of those items. And actually uh, my son and I got through all of those things before the, the end of the trip. Something else that's super critical is coffee. You could spend a lot of money getting coffee at your favorite coffee spot. You could also drink some really nasty coffee depending on the place that you're staying at, whether or not they offer good coffee. Now I happen to be a little bit of a coffee snob. I do care about my coffee and I actually, I also drink my coffee black. So in, on this particular trip, we had a coffee maker, but I bought a pour over funnel to make individual serving sizes of coffee and was able to make that for everyone in our group. We also bought some cold brew coffee from the local grocery store and we use that as well. Another benefit of having a full kitchen with a full size refrigerator is that you can pack food to take with you into the various parks and locations. So we took snacks. I made my son tuna sandwich and I had an ice pack inside of my backpack that I was able to bring into the park. Applesauce, you know, whatever that may be. Now again, when you have allergies, it's not all always guarantee that you're going to find food items in theme parks that you can eat. So that was also critical that I was able to bring things in with me that I could have. So that is a huge benefit to being able to bring your own prepared food. Now, of course, you have to be careful about keeping things cold. Now, again, I told you I brought an ice pack inside of my backpack. It worked pretty well. Ended up using frozen water bottles inside of a lunch bag, an insulated lunch bag inside of my backpack, and it worked super. Now, the downside of staying in a rental home and preparing a lot of your own food is that for one, you don't always know what cookware and utensils you're going to have at your disposal. So if that information is available to you from the owner, you can obtain that. Maybe you can even request that information before traveling so you know what type of food to purchase. You can wait to get to your destination before you hit the grocery store. If there's something that you really need to have, so like for me, that pour over funnel, which is really lightweight, easy to travel with, I can take that with me. You can also have a travel size um, Keurig like my friend has. You can also have a travel size French press, which I own but did not bring with me this time. There is also a higher risk of food wasting. So if you get carried away and buy family size portions of everything, but you don't eat at home very much, or you buy things that not everyone wants to eat, you're going to end up leaving food behind and wasting food. So I recommend buying things in small quantities, having a clear idea on what you're going to do with the food that you're purchasing. So before you go to the grocery store, maybe create a menu of breakfast foods, a menu of snacks, and decide on how many days you're going to eat out during the week for dinner so that you don't end up purchasing too much food. Okay, so this first tip is really turned into multiple tip buried into one, so like a part A, B, C, D, E, etc. I do want to add another reminder that you're going to need to store leftovers and not every Airbnb or rental that you're going to use, or even if you are staying in a home with suites, something like that, you're not necessarily have ways to store your food items and you don't want to carry lots of storage containers. You don't want, you don't want to fill your luggage up with that kind of stuff. So simple suggestion would be to 
blanket package of foil. Uh, also to maybe bring Ziploc bags down with you or, or buy Ziploc bags when you get there. And you can use those things for um, basic storage. Uh, foil goes a long way. You can use it to cover things for cooking. You can use it to store things after they've been cooked. You can wrap it up. You cover a plate. You can do all sorts of things. So foil is a very handy thing to use when you're traveling. All right, tip number two. You want to find a place or a rental that either comes with the gym or at least has a walkable or runnable neighborhood. If there's no gym, then plan to do some body weight exercises while you're there. You can come with some things in mind. Uh, even though I do recommend that you try to stay active, this is also going to depend on the nature of your vacation. So if you're already doing an inherently active vacation, such as hiking or biking, lots of walking, it's probably going to be more important that you do things like stretching. Especially if you're in the middle age group, you're going to want to make sure that your joints and things are getting uh, nice and limber and stretched out. So you're not going so that you end up with any, don't end up with any overuse injuries at the end of your vacation. If you're not going to be having a very active trip, then maybe incorporating some exercise, um, but again, not get carried away. This isn't supposed to be a training trip necessarily, but I would try to, you know, maybe do some sort of planned physical activity one day for every three days that you're there. Of course, you can go more or less than that, but I would say that's a good starting point. If you do um, have access to weights or a gym on your trip, it might be helpful for you to find out ahead of time what uh, the facility consists of so that you know what kind of exercises to plan for. Now, you don't want to necessarily pack a lot of exercise items. Again, this is primarily a vacation, but when we're traveling, if I know what it's going to be available to me, I will generally almost always pack at least one workout outfit if I'm going to be gone for three days. And again, two or three, depending on the length of the trip. I try to make one pair of my shoes multi-purpose, something that I could work out in and something I can walk in so that I'm not carrying too many things. If I know that I will have very limited access to exercise facilities, or if I'm really wanting to continue to do some sort of strength training that goes beyond body weight, then I might bring exercise bands with me. But by and large, pretty much being able to go for a walk, run, or jog in um, doing some interval training or using doing bodyweight exercises are more than sufficient. My husband and I have taken several trips together, uh, family vacations where we have done some sort of high intensity interval bodyweight training exercise, and it's been quite sufficient. It feels really good. So just a simple way for you to stay active. So make sure you plan ahead for that as well. All right, tip number three. This might be a tiny bit out of order, but my third tip is to make sure that you plan to go grocery shopping the first day of your arrival. So once you get there, unpack, you've had a chance to scope out what is available to you, have an idea of places where you can go shopping. If you're renting a car, what that looks like if you're going, if you're not renting a car and you need to have things delivered. So just kind of have a general game plan. First of all, how are you going to obtain the groceries that you want to use? And you've already thought about your menu ahead of time based on what you know you have access to. Your menu is going to be dictated by how often you're going to be away from the house because you certainly don't want to cook a lot of food if you're not going to be there most of the time. But you also may want to consider having food to take with you when you are leaving the house. So we went to Disney World and we had a um, storage for our, the ability to store our foods um, that needed to stay cold in our backpacks. So just a few little tips, just a reminder, I do recommend that you uh, purchase foil, which you can use, bring some Ziploc bags. I also recommend that when you eat out, if they have really nice to-go containers, try to obtain extra ones that are, you know, empty ones that you can also use for uh, food storage. Think about inexpensive um, seasonings that you may want to purchase there. So like salt and pepper is not a bad idea to have. If you're going to be doing cooking, I do like to use things like avocado oil or olive oil cooking spray with non-propellant or without the propellant because you can use that then for dressings. You can use it for roasting vegetables. You can spray it on pans for sauteing. So it's multi-purposeful. Coffee, giant, giant need for us. So we um, always buy local coffee when we take a trip. And I already talked a little bit about the techniques that we use for making our coffee. If we don't have a coffee maker necessarily available, 
but we tend to not use coffee makers anyway. So that's just us. So just know what you're going to do for coffee if you need and love coffee like us. Breakfast things, things that we do for breakfast, Kashi cereal is a big go-to for us and milk, um, Fairlife milk, milk alternatives. I can't have any dairy, so I will have a, an alternative. Uh, we also like to add protein powders to our cereal, but since I cannot have whey, I will often bring a, a portion of protein powder or we'll just bring protein powder with us if we plan on using it because protein powder can get costly and you don't need to buy a giant size container of protein powder while you're out of town. Again, if you're using protein powder, I would recommend trying to pack some of that in your carry-on or your packed away or your luggage that you'll be checking. Things to purchase there, also fresh fruit, durable kinds that you can carry with you when you leave the house. Things like frozen waffles that can be easily made in the in the morning for the kids, nut butters and honey, which you can use for toppings for breakfast foods or anything throughout the day. Simple bars, uh, those are great for packing. So something that has very few ingredients, things like trail mix. Um, we also, I always like to have avocado that isn't just, I mean, that's, you can, that could go bad. I mean, but hey, what do I say? I love avocados. So then there's tuna, lunch meat, cheeses, if you like those kind of things, we almost always go for tuna. And then instead of buying a jar, a large jar of applesauce, our son often consumes applesauce. So we'll get applesauce um, individual containers. Again, you can take those with you if you're going to be away from the house. Greek yogurt or yogurt containers, you can buy those in individual size and those can be taken with you um, when you leave the house. And paper towel, you will certainly need paper towel. De definitely recommend getting at least one roll and then kind of going from there. And then if you don't have a cleaner that comes in the house, like if they don't have like cleaning products for you, then you might want to think about getting some sort of um, multi-purpose cleaner that you can use while you're away. All right, number five. So I talked a little bit in that previous tip about packing food for your outings. I would encourage you to take to actually plan ahead for that. Packing food for your outings saves you time and saves you money. It looks like it's going to be a lot of extra work, but um, you save yourself from having to stand in food lines. You avoid um, making oversized per overpriced purchases. And if you have special eating needs and anyone in your group, then you are also not having to take a chance on risking that you're going to have a hard time finding the food that people in your group can eat. That was a big problem for our, our group when we were traveling. Many of us had food allergies. So being able to pack foods that we knew that we could all consume was helpful in the event that we found ourselves um, in a situation where there weren't a lot of options available. Now, this does not mean that you should, I'm not suggesting that you always eat your own food, but it just gives you, it allows you to extend your activity time because if you're not having to interrupt your activity to go to a place to eat or to get food, that just gives you more time to do whatever you're doing. So we, you know, we will tend to on our trips plan to have either a lunch out or a dinner out and it depends on what our activities are. And we like to have things that are local. So when we do dine out, we're not eating at chain restaurants. We're eating at, eating at restaurants that are um, either have been recommended by um, our host, who have been recommended by friends, recommended by people that we've talked to on the streets or when we've gone sightseeing. We always try to talk to the locals and find out what are the places that we should try. So we're going to at minimum have one of those meals out, maybe both, but in order to save us again time and give us more freedom um, and also save cost, we also pack snacks um, from the house and from the grocery store. All right, final tip, tip number six, have fun. Vacation is not a time where you want to try uh, making new recipes unless it's, you know, specifically a cooking or chef vacation. Just stick with simple things. You know, it doesn't have to be perfect. Everything doesn't have to be super, um, you know, you don't have to find organic things if you're someone who primarily eats organic. I mean, we we tend to try to get simple ingredients and and, and have whole foods as much as possible, but it's certainly not where we're a, a time where we're going to be making complex meals with lots of extra ingredients, especially not meals that require a lot of seasonings. It's also not a time to start a new diet. In general, you want to stick with the things that you're used to. Otherwise, you're going to add unnecessary stress to your vacation. And if you have started new eating habits or made some new goals just prior to the vacation, I think it's really important that you try 
try to stick to them um, or at least pick some of those that you're going to stick to so then you don't find yourself having to like start over. So while I don't want you to start anything new on your vacation, I also don't want you to disrupt anything that you've already began before going on vacation. So try to be mindful and thoughtful of that and intentional about how you're going to eat and behave on your vacation. All right, hopefully that was not too overwhelming. Um, Vacations, uh, our family loves to travel and I love to take our family and our kids on different uh, new experiences. And for a period of there, I had a very difficult time with traveling because of the simple fact that my my colon, my gut, uh, my GI system was very unforgiving and it took me a while to figure out what, what the problem was. So we were already really particular. We've always been uh, a family that preferred to eat and make our own foods and not do a lot of dining out. We often would stay at places where we had the ability, if possible, to make our own food. But it became even more critical when I developed these food sensitivities where, and it, it was very stressful to think about eating if I didn't have access to a place that had uh, plant, you know, all plant-based options or, or that I knew would not contain dairy. So for some of you, this may seem like a nuisance. And for some of you, this may be a necessity. And I think most of you will fall somewhere in the middle. It's actually really helpful. So no matter where you fall on the spectrum of it's necessary or it's not necessary, I think there's a lot of benefits to plan ahead and to be thoughtful about what you're going to be eating and how you're going to be eating when you're traveling. So I hope you found this episode helpful. If you did, please tune in to next time, share with a friend. I have some exciting news to share with you all. Make sure you tune back in in about a week when I release the next episode. And you can follow me on Instagram at Angela Lifestyle MD. And I hope that you will join me next time. Take care. This has been another episode of the Lifestyle MD. Special thank you to Lou Musa for the show theme music created with free photography and makeup by Janae for the cover photo. And if you enjoyed this podcast and you haven't already, please subscribe today and share with another woman doctor who may benefit. You may also follow me on Instagram at Angela Lifestyle MD. I am Dr. Angela. Thank you for joining me today.